Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning. Uh, excited to be here. And of course, we have another fabulous guest today that we're going to spotlight. I, I want to jump right in here because I just love Valerie. She has a lot to say. Today, we have Valerie Renee Shepard with us. I first met her when I was speaking at an event in Orange County, a wonderful event. And Valerie got up on stage and she just absolutely touched my heart and wowed me with what she had to say. Uh, even more touching is her story of overcoming struggle and adversity to get to where she is today. Valerie is successful in what she's doing as an author, as, a, as, as somebody who's teaching now at, at a university, and just coaching and inspiring people all over. So Valerie, one of the things I do very first on my show is I want to give you permission to brag. So are you there, Valerie? I'm here. Can you hear me, Allison? <laughs> I can. So great to have you. So, okay, Valerie, I'm giving you total permission right now to brag. That's one of the things I like to do with my guests. I want you to tell us about your uh, greatest accomplishments and some of the things that you've been doing over the past couple of years. Oh, wow. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm going to tune on more that much. Okay, so bragging. I'm really excited about the pilot of a curriculum that I developed based on my book, that is the, at the University of California, Irvine. Woohoo! Congratulations. Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I think thrilled is a polite way of saying it. I'm over the moon. I'm excited about it. It's really awesome. So you are teaching people at the university level. You are an author yeah. and you also are a coach and a mentor. And what's your main focus, Valerie? Uh, my main focus is helping people kind of develop their closest relationships with themselves mm-hmm. so they can bring the best of themselves into the world. So I call it it's all around um, what I call living happy to be me and the M-E is for magnificent essence. So really um, bringing you forth in the most dynamic, profound and divine way. I love that. And when you spoke at the event, what really touched me was you showed a video of an eagle soaring, and you encouraged everybody in the audience to soar like that eagle. And that was so profound to me. Now, you have you have quite the story. I, I know you just didn't wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to be teaching courses at university. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be coaching and mentoring people. What I would like to know is your journey of where you got to where you are today. And I know in the middle of that journey, you had quite the obstacle that you had to overcome. But when did you first get passionate about uh, what you're doing now? Is it something you were born with? Is it something, did you have an experience? What happened in your life that made you say, hey, I want to inspire other people. Uh, This is something I want to do. Allison, what really inspired me was... um, getting to a bottom place, a low place. Even while there were really fantastic things going on on the outside of my life, I had just been promoted to vice president. I had just moved to California. I was living in a beautiful house in a great neighborhood. So hold on, vice president of what, just out of curiosity? I was vice president of marketing for a big company. Okay. A billion dollar company. Hey, that that sounds like you're living the dream. You have a great job. You have a great house. You're living in California. I know that lots of people uh, really like that to live there. Uh, So, okay, keep going. I'm painting this picture in my mind. (laughs) 
love it. So I'm living the dream. P- picture me with a big smile on my face, oh. and I was driving a convertible, so my hair in the wind. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then things just didn't go so well. All the things that had led up to my success at that point just didn't seem to work so well. And I hit a low point. And in fact, I um, at one point thought I was having a heart attack, went to the emergency room. They could see that there was something going on with my heart, but it wasn't really a heart attack. Um, long story short, I was later diagnosed with a benign superarrhythmia, and the oh. doctors were saying there wasn't really a physiological cause to this really dynamic effect. And that was a that was a starting point for me. That was a okay, wait up. What, I didn't even know that was possible that yeah. I could have things showing up in my physical body that were caused by things that were not in my physical body. You know, that's really so, that's really interesting to me. And I, it, I hope you give me permission to interrupt you because what I'd like to do is is you tell your stories, pull out some of these golden nuggets, and it. it So I want to take a break just for a minute here uh, to point out, you know, I think that's really interesting that what was going on in your life actually caused some physical changes or hardships in your body. But also, I, I just have a question for you. What was it? I think a lot of us think that we'll be happy when or we'll be happy if. Here you were living your dream. What was that? What was that one thing, or what was something that happened that um, you know caused you to not feel happy or satisfied in your dream? Just you know, I was I grew up believing that outer success really defined me. Like that mm-hmm. that used to be my source for happiness. That I get the next promotion. That I do really well at work. That I'm recognized by others as smart and talented and capable. And what started happening there were things that didn't look that way. I mean, there were mistakes on my team. There was a point where I really thought I was being um, undermined consciously. And um, that I don't believe that's what was going on necessarily, but that was my perception. So you... I wasn't able to be a... Yeah, sorry, keep going. Uh, well, what I was saying is, so you really, what happened was you were looking for outer manifestations of your success, and when you weren't getting that, you found that that affected your happiness. Oh, definitely. I was not happy at all. I was very successful, but I wasn't fulfilled. Mm, uh, things were going very well on the outside, but on the inside, there was a lot of turmoil, and that was showing up physiologically in the way my heart was behaving. Okay. So so continue on with your story. You've recognized now that you're successful. I'm doing air quotes here. People on Facebook Live can see this, but I know if you're listening on the radio, you can't. So you're successful, and I'm doing the air quotes because you were considered successful but weren't finding that fulfillment that you wanted. Uh, in fact, this was causing some problems in your physical health. So what did you do? Yes. So I went on this journey to discover what could be going on with me, like what was unique and specific to me that was having me feel the way I was feeling and and work the way as hard as I was working and try so hard and prove and struggle and and still not get there, you know, like where is this land called happiness and why does it always seem so fleeting an experience Mm -hmm. and then when I get there, it goes away and I can never really land there and just be that. And so I did a number of classes and workshops and read books and worked with coaches and I went on this journey to really discover more about the truth of who I am and 
how the world works and, and how do I create um, a spectacular life no matter what, like no matter what. And uh, that's what I did. And that culminated several years worth of effort, culminated in my uh, now Amazon number one bestseller, Living Happy to Be Me, Dancing Your Soul Lifestyle. Wow. So when you were doing all this research, were you working as well? Oh, yeah. I was doing the entrepreneur thing. I left my corporate job in Mm -hmm. 2007, and I um, tried a couple of different entrepreneurial things. And one of the things that really spoke to me the most was sharing wisdom. So I had always coached and trained and consulted Mm -hmm. in marketing, and I had always brought into that conversation a kind of human dynamics conversation. So I was always talking about um, how to uh, lead from the heart and how to be more wise in what you were doing. And that actually um, was, took me on to the campus of the University of California, and I started teaching for the business school, um, lecturing in some marketing classes mm-hmm. there. And uh, I'm still there today, and that set me up for the next phase of the creation of the story. It was really just a lot of divine yellow bricks on my yellow brick road just showed up. I like how you said that, a lot of divine yellow bricks on your yellow brick road. Well, something that stood out to me, too, as you were talking, Valerie, and this is something Les Brown says, and I you know, I was just on a cruise with Les and absolutely adore him. He said that the graveyard is the place where unwritten books go to lie and dreams go to die. And I think a lot of people feel like they have a message, a book, something, a legacy that they want to leave. And what's so great about what you did is you discovered or identified a problem you were having, you researched it out, you wrote a book so that you could help not only yourself but other people too. So I'm so glad you took the initiative to do that. Talk to me a little bit about that process because I know there's somebody out there right now listening that's thinking, you know, there's, I have a book in me. I have something to share with the world. How did you get to that point where you said, I'm going to write a book about this? Was it hard? Was it easy? What was that process like? Wow, it was a fun process, and it was also a long process, <laughs> and it was also sometimes just a, a, a like a vision. Mm-hmm. I, I never sat down and said, I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. The way this book started was over tea with a girlfriend, and it was part of a marketing plan for my business. My free report, Allison, this is going to be my free giveaway. Oh, wow. And it was going to be, yep. 30 ways in 30 days to have more peace, love, joy, and freedom in your life. Mm -hmm. And when we sat down and just started brainstorming the way I talk about these things that I tell people, um, we came up with 86. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) And at a certain point, it was like, okay, wait a second. This is more than just a free report. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of substance here and content. And that was the birth of the book. It was like, well... Let's see if we could put some more meat on these bones here and and create something uh, dynamic and helpful and and beautiful. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Libra, so we're really into um, a physical beauty, aesthetic beauty. So I wanted it to be a beautiful book. And it is and, a beautiful um, book. I should have brought my copy with me to show everybody. I didn't bring it, but uh, I'm sure you have one on your uh, website or on your Facebook page. So we'll we'll give that information in a little bit. But it is an absolutely beautiful book. Thank you. 
Thank you. And so I played with it for probably four years Mm -hmm. um, before it was ready to come out. And it was ready to come out a a year before it did. Um, And then there was the next really big experience in my life (laughs) that kind of changed things um, in a big way. And that was the the catastrophic hemorrhagic stroke that happened on June 5th of 2015. And did you did you have any idea that that was coming? Did you have any warning? What what happened? You know, I I can't really remember the period right before. Like, um, interestingly, the night before the stroke, I was up in LA at a dinner uh, with my evolutionary business council colleagues. And I have a picture showing the color of the book, the um, um, advanced reading copy. Mm-hmm. And we had a beautiful dinner. And literally, this was less than 24 hours before the stroke. And I don't remember feeling anything that night. We laughed. We had fun. I drove back home. I went to bed. I got up the next morning. I was doing an all-day leadership conference, mm-hmm. a leadership workshop. I was facilitating it for a group of staff at the... Uh, at the campus, mm-hmm. UCI, um, and I went to the morning. I don't remember feeling anything strange. Um, the only thing I do visibly remember, really, um, viscerally remember, is when it was time to eat lunch. I looked at what was on the on the buffet, and I could hear a voice that said, "No eat." Like I could hear that inside, "No eat," and I thought that's interesting because I'm going to be facilitating for another half a day. I probably should eat something, but I just listened. Mm-hmm. And an hour later, we were calling the paramedics, and I was, um, my a blood vessel had burst in my brain. I was throwing up. It was not a pretty scene. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't know what it was. Um, mm-hmm. Literally, all I, I had been facilitating, and, and there was a, a breakout session, and um, we were going to uh, kind of, wrap up the breakouts and we were going table by table and what what had they written on their little whiteboard things and I was backing up to the front of the room to get back to my computer to go to the next slide and my right foot wouldn't move and um, I don't know what people saw someone next to me said are you okay so I know they saw something um, and I said yes and kept talking very interesting and then I um tried again and my foot wouldn't move and I started to fall and someone caught me and they sat me in a chair so I never fell, I didn't hit my head or anything like that which is a blessing mm-hmm. and um, then I just sat there for a minute and I didn't notice that my right side wasn't moving, I really didn't notice that I didn't think I was slurring my speech I don't remember that, no one told me that I was, I just looked at the person who had hired me to do this facilitation and said I think we need to call 911. Wow. And then the rest of it is sort of um, fuzzy. I remember uh, I remember the emergency room. They were starting to cut off my clothes, and I had on one of my favorite shirts and a sweater, and I said, please don't cut my sweater <laughs> or my shirt. And, <laughs> and that was all I remember. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I did get my sweater and my skirt back. They cut oh, off my tank they, top, but, but I did get my sweater. Those. Well, that was not, that's good to remember. So, in, in Valerie, <laughs> yeah. you—I mean—I want to point this out because you're you're relatively young. Uh, you aren't really in the age demographic for somebody who might have a stroke. So, why do you think this happened? 
Oh, boy. I think it was a blessing. Um, oh, so I, I don't know. I, how could you say that? I mean, I, I, I hear you saying that. I'm anxious to hear, but... You know, you just told the story. You're about to have a book released. You're teaching. Uh, you, you had just had this debilitating thing happen to you. How how was that a blessing? Ah, uh, yes, because it gave me an opportunity to do what is very central to my message and what I believe with my heart. That authenticity is about being what's real and 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 like doubling down on the stuff that we say we're going to do the stuff that we believe in and this stroke has given me an opportunity to double down on what i teach um the things the principles and the concepts that i teach have made this experience very rich and beautiful and full of light and joy even though when I looked at other people, I went to a stroke um, support group when I first got out of rehab. Mm-hmm. And um, it was tough to be there. Um, and I ended up, I stopped going after a while because it was very difficult. Even though I tried to shine light, it was very difficult when people are very anchored in um, things they don't want and the things that kind of disrupt or upset their existential experience. Well, you definitely are shining your light now, and I'm so thankful that you pressed through, that you used those things that you learned, that God gave you that opportunity to do that so that you could teach us all more effectively. I've been in your presence when you've uh, spoken from stage and taught several times now. I know that it's not easy for you, but you are doing better. You are able to, to function. You are able to speak, and that in and of itself is a blessing. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Valerie Renee Shepard. Valerie, I'm hoping you can share some tips with us that you used to be able to live this happy and fulfilled life despite the trials you've had. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Valerie. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. 
From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. So glad that you're joining us here on our program. Today we have Valerie Renee Shepard. For those of you just tuning in, uh, Valerie is an author. She teaches at, at a university in California, and she also does personal coaching and mentoring. And she is teaching people how to find happiness. And Valerie described quite the journey where she was living in her dream house, her dream area, had her dream job, and wasn't finding that happiness and fulfillment. And that led her to a process where she did some research, discovered how to find happiness, and then decided to write a book to help everybody. In the midst of that, Valerie also suffered a debilitating stroke. So Valerie, you just got done telling us about your stroke. And I want to know, you you really made that conscious decision. You described going to these support groups for people who had experienced strokes and finding that that wasn't really somewhere where you found a lot of positivity. Um, what what would you tell somebody who's struggling? I, I mean, something like a stroke, that can be life-changing. Some of these things that happen in our life are so negative and so hard. How do you overcome those things and find happiness? So here's the thing, Allison. Overcoming any sort of debilitating situation starts with what's going on on the inside. So, you know, what I teach, the concepts that I teach are about creating happiness where you are regardless of what's going on around you. And that's an inner game. It's the inside game of life. It has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside. And the good thing about that is it means that no matter what changes on the outside, you can have a steady state on the inside. You're just making a conscious choice to pick a higher vibration no matter what. You know, I love that. I love that you said that. Just to share a quick experience with you, I woke up this morning and uh, was feeling kind of grumpy, <laughs> and uh, and I'm driving here to the show. You know, various things are going on in my life. I mean, we all have our own issues, and I'm feeling kind of grumpy. And I thought, while I was in the car, I thought, Gosh, I have a choice of how I want to show up today. Do I want to show up grumpy? to the people around me or do I want to walk into the studio today for the radio show do I want to walk into my meetings later today and uh, just brighten up the room or do I want to walk in this grumpy dark cloud and I thought yeah I'm going to make the choice I'm going to I'm going to brighten up the room and I'm going to show up as my best self so it's interesting that you would say that because that was an experience that I had just this morning so I wanted to share that with you well, you know, uh, that's a beautiful story, and I've got one around that, Allison. It's a good thing to bring up. So before I did this journey that culminated in the book, I w- would um, might have gone into the office grumpy. Mm-hmm. Part of it was because um, we can sometimes be conditioned that being grumpy, being in pain, um, being angry or upset, is one way to get attention, affection, and this thing that we all desire called love. Mm -hmm. So um, if we're conditioned to believe that our hurts and pains 
are the vehicle through which we create what we want, then we demonstrate them. We, we um, live in them. We hang out there because we believe that's what, where love is. And so I know that I had that kind of conditioning. And um, doing the steps that I have in my book were about reversing that conditioning, healing that stuff, and going back to a place of knowing that I am love. I don't have to get it. I just have to be it. I love what you said that, and I want to reiterate that. You know, I'm saying I love what you said about love, but just as you said that, I I got goosebumps, and sometimes when I get goosebumps, that's when I know that whoever's speaking, what they're speaking is aligning with truth within my spirit and my soul, and that is you don't have to seek love. Just be love, and what a powerful concept and thought. So how do you be love? So the very first way that we be love is be it for ourselves. And uh, that usually stops people in their tracks because we're raised and conditioned to believe that loving ourselves and focusing on ourselves creates two words that people shy away from, selfishness and narcissism. And I'm not talking about that level of loving yourself and trying to make everyone else love you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about loving yourself, and therefore, you just attract love naturally, and you don't need to try and go do anything about it. Well, it's kind of like that bucket principle, right? If If you are full, if a bucket is full, and then it starts overflowing, there's this abundance to share. But if a bucket's empty or close to empty and it gets drained. There's nothing to share. So just as you were talking, I had this visual in my head that it's kind of like we're like buckets and we can fill ourselves with love. And then we have so much extra love that we can overflow that to the world. So true. And we, um, and the best way to fill ourselves up if our bucket is empty is to give to ourselves. If you're tired and you need a rest, you don't need someone to tell you go lay down, take something off of your calendar (laughs) and give yourself a break. I'm just laughing because I'm sure we all know people in our life and I I have people in my life that, you know, you walk in and they're like, oh, I've been working all day. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. There's this many people that I've been serving and it's like, uh, do you want to go take a break? Oh, well, I guess, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, it it comes across as a martyr. So I I just had to giggle there because I I think in, I'm sure I've done that myself too. You know, Alison, I don't think anybody sets out, I mean, some people do, but most people aren't setting out to be a martyr. They're not seeking martyrdom, but what they are doing is this one word that is a really detrimental word in our society, which is called sacrifice. When you look up that word, you probably would stop using it because the old historical meaning of that word is a blood sacrifice. You actually kill something and offer it to the gods as a way to get favor. Well, I don't know about you, but that's not what I want in my life. I don't want to sacrifice myself in order to have the things that I really want and that I believe are truly gifts from the kingdom and that I deserve. So um, I think that what's happening is people are self-sacrificing in order to deliver what they think is their mission or their vision or their purpose to the world. And it's actually backfiring. It's actually hurting them. They don't know it. Interesting. Interesting. So 
when going back to filling ourselves with that love, being coming love by taking care of ourselves, you were saying when you're tired, go and take a nap. What are some other ways to give back to ourselves? Um, to notice ourselves. So not to wait for someone to say, wow, you're so intelligent, you're so sweet, you're so kind, you're so generous, you're so smart. No, for us to notice that first. We don't have to go mm-hmm. tell everybody about it. Look at me. It's not about that. It's but- about being able to say, hello, beautiful. And it took <laughs> me a long time to get to the place when I looked in the mm-hmm. mirror to really see myself. Well, that, that's interesting. What about people who, like me, I, I'll, just, I'll just come clean right here. My love language is words of affirmation. I love uh, and I feel really fulfilled when I receive compliments or when somebody tells me something I did meant a lot to them. Um, where, where's the line between, and I will tell you, I have struggled with looking outside myself for affirmation and not feeling good enough when I haven't gotten that. But what do you, what do, you do about that? What if love, your love language is words of affirmation? Can you give that to yourself? Absolutely. And Allison, I'm really grateful to be on your show. I love this conversation and I appreciate everything you're doing to support us as we chat. Oh, thank you so much. I feel so fulfilled now that you've told me that. I'm glad you listened to my love language. (laughs) Yes, you're so welcome. But here's the thing. We can do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I actually typed up some affirmations that I knew I needed to hear from me as a part of my I love myself. And I taped them to my bathroom mirror. Now, I live alone, so nobody gets to see those things but me. Well, actually, I had some girlfriends in this weekend, so they saw them. I don't even take them down anymore. They're up there all the time, and they have been since October 2015. And they are ways that um, I appreciate myself. So one of them says, I notice and appreciate myself in the most positive ways. I love me. Mm-hmm. And so that's about, if people notice and appreciate me, that's great, but it's only gravy. Because I yeah. noticed and appreciated myself first. That's so powerful. And it, it's really interesting to me. I do not believe in coincidences. I believe in divine intervention. I believe that the universe uh, gives us what we seek as we seek that to better our, uh, ourselves, improve ourselves, and to help others. And it's interesting. I'm going to get a little personal here. And, uh, you know, just me and you and a couple hundred or thousand viewers <laughs> listening. But, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, we all go through ebbs and flows in our life and I'm going through a point in my life where there's a lot of changes, a lot of things happening. There's a lot of opportunities for me to feel down about myself, but it was interesting because as I was lying in bed last night, I was looking at the the empty walls around me thinking, you know what, it'd be great just to put some affirmations and hang these up. So I'd forgotten about that thought till we were just talking. So you being here today have inspired me. I'm going to go home. I'm going to do that. Now, I've heard about affirmations for a long time. I'm sure affirmations is nothing new to anybody. Um, but what would you, what, what suggestion would you give to somebody who's thought, well, I've been thinking about it. I know about it. I just haven't really done it. Uh, what would be your, your word of motivation or encouragement to just finally do that? Hang some nice things about yourself or you're going to see them? Well, I suggest to people, the way you support yourself the best is to do what works for you. So if you truly believe affirmations will work and you're not doing it, there's something going on under the surface, mm-hmm. which is another part of the, um, the four-step system that's in my book, is to go under the surface and figure out what is that about? What is stopping you from creating the runway to what you really want? So but if what, affirmations what could, aren't the thing for you, mm-hmm. then 
pick something else. Some people like to listen to a 10-minute YouTube video every morning. Some people um, do this thing called mind movies, and they create mm-hmm. movies about their self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever it is that you believe works for you, that's what you should playlist. You know, that's interesting. You should bring that up too. something I've been doing in the morning recently. And I notice if I do this, it helps me feel so much better as I go on Facebook and watch some of those goal cast videos. And they're just inspirational videos. And some of them are from people who are quite famous uh, that that just are motivational and inspirational. I watch those and I always feel so much better afterwards. So that's interesting. I really appreciate, though, that you bring up that maybe there are different ways in which we can fulfill that for ourselves. And that's really part of honoring ourselves. So if someone's struggling, they say, I believe in affirmations, but I'm not putting them up. I know that when I watch these videos, I feel better, but I'm just not doing it. What are some of the things under the surface that could be preventing that? Well, when I had that happen with me, it's very interesting, right? When we, mm-hmm. It's called self-sabotage. So when we know what would serve us, but we choose either to do nothing or we actually choose what wouldn't serve us, and then we get an opportunity after that to beat ourselves up for making the wrong choice. So what I found under the surface of me was this um, conditioning about fear of getting things wrong. Um, I also found that there could be fear of actually being as successful as we want to be. I mean, being successful means we have to tell a different story. We have to step into a more powerful way of being us. And sometimes we can have some conditioning that makes that a scary proposition and playing small and staying um, off the radar and not really being everything that we came here to be keeps us away from that, um, having to deal with that stuff. That's uh, that's quite profound, and I think that recognition is the first step. So in your book, as you go through these steps, uh, is there some more detailed advice or things that people can do to help discover what's under the surface and then be able to let that go? Yes, there is. So the four steps in my book, um, the four steps to living happy to be me, number one, wake up to the truth of who you are. So... Um, in that step, you're doing an exploration, kind of like I did, to discover that I'm not just a human being and that we are spiritual, integrated human beings, which means there is a power within the universe that is also within us. And when we work in alignment with universal laws, we can bring all that power into our experience. So things like law of attraction, law of reflection, law of karma, law of gratitude, all those things can work for us. Those laws are working 24-7, 365, whether we like it or not, know it or not, understand it or not, just like the law of gravity, those laws are governing the universe. So when we know that we can align with them and work seriously with them and that we are more than human, it really helps us. Well, and that really rings true, and I identify with that, too. I don't know if you know this about me. Some people do, some people don't, but I was actually trained in Reiki, and I'm a Reiki master, and Ray is basically the universal light and love that's around us, and Ki is that spirit that's in us. And Reiki, all it is is being able to become one or tap into all that greatness around us and become part of that or, or a conduit of that. And this is basically what you're describing when we're able to align ourselves with the greatness within us and the greatness around us, then we're able to better serve ourselves and also the universe. Yes. I really believe that Reiki is powerful wisdom Mm -hmm. 
and a powerful uh, methodology. And hallelujah that you do it. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, what's step number two, Valerie? Step number two is shake up and release everything that is not in alignment with number one. So if I believe that I'm a divine being, then ideas of not being enough, um, self-hatred, self-recrimination, uh, ages-old resentment, guilt, blame, shame, those have to go. Those don't line up with being love. They don't line up with the way the universe works. So, for example, law of reflection which governs a lot of relationships. If we are angry on the inside, we will probably look outside and notice that we attract situations that would have a lot of anger, people who can get angry really quickly, and we turn up and say, oh, I'm going to be angry back, when actually what happened is we've got subconscious anger that is showing up in that other person as a mirror so that we actually look inside and go, hmm, if it's showing up out there, I must have it in here. And that's what would happen to me at work. People would say, you feel so angry all the time. And then I would very angrily say, I'm not angry. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, why are you saying that? Like, yeah. you don't know me at all. Yeah. When, in fact, those were like divine mm-hmm. angels putting voice to a message mm-hmm. that I needed to hear but wasn't willing to even look at. Yeah, yeah. And so you shake that up. You kind of go, hmm, look what's happening. And you get very introspective, not to the point where you ignore your children or your work, or, but to the point where you're really willing to say, hmm, what's going on here and how am I responsible for cleaning it up? And that's the shake-up step. And there are some, some, the book has several different things from Ho'opono ancient forgiveness practice to bubble meditations, fire um, bowls, all kinds of, I give them several different techniques for releasing what we find that we would like to heal and, and let go of. Great. So step one, just let's reiterate these two steps again, and then we're going to go to break. And when we come back, more with Valerie on step three and four and more about where to find her book. So Valerie, step one, for everybody who hasn't written it down yet, now is your chance. Step one. Wake up to the truth of who you are and be that. And step two. Shake up and release everything that is not that. All right. Great tips from Valerie when we come back the final two steps that she describes in her book and more about her book and where you can find more of Valerie we'll be right back Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion 
with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science, to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso, every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Well, I am just loving this show today. I feel so aligned with Valerie Renee Shepard. Uh, Valerie, you've gone through struggles. You've overcome those. You've written a book. You're teaching a university now. You're inspiring people. So before we get into steps three and four in your book, I want to know a little bit more about your book. What's it called? Where can people get it? Um, How can they get their hands on it? Okay. Thank you so much. The book is called Living Happy to Be Me, Dancing Your Soul Light Style. And I say light style instead of lifestyle because it's about lightening up and letting go of that which no longer serves you and doesn't need to be dragged around by you. And it's also a system that you apply forever and ever. It's a way of living, not just a little um, step here and there. And you can get it at my, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, but you can get it at my website for 25% off the retail price. So that's around $22. And that's happytobeme.net. Happytobeme.net. Okay, so go to happytobeme.net. If what you're listening to today seems to resonate with you, and on break, Valerie and I were talking and I, I totally adhere to this. I see so many people, let me set this up a little bit. I, I, I work with so many speakers and authors and people that I go to that says, I'll say to them, who's your message for? And they said, everybody, I want it to resonate with everybody. Well, you know, we're all different and we're all put on this planet to align with different people and for different reasons. And Valerie said something during break that really struck me. And that was, you said, my message is not going to resonate with everybody. It's not, and I'm just grateful for, for those who do, I'm here for you. And when it, when it resonates and you're like, wow, I want to hear more about that, send me an email, give me a call. I'm here to support you. That's my purpose. Well, and I think by saying it's not going to resonate with everybody, if you're listening right now and it's really resonating with you, that is your clue from the universe, from God, to hop on the computer right now, check Valerie out, get in contact with her, order her book, follow these steps. So, Valerie, we talked about the first two steps to being the best you to be happy. Uh, What are the final two steps? 
So step three of the four-step living happy community process is make up a new story of you in your life. And so notice it says make up a new story of you in your life, not just make up a new story of your life. And that means who are you going to be? First Mm -hmm. and foremost, who are you going to be to you? Are you going to be a friend, an ally, an advocate, and supporter, a lover, or are you going to be judge, jury, jailer, executioner? Hold so on. you got to say that again because as you were saying that, I got those goosebumps again. <laughs> Who are you going to be to yourself? Walk through. Are you going to be a friend? What else did you say? An advocate, an ally, a supporter, a lover. And what does that or, self-talk? What does that self-talk look like? If you're being a friend, a lover, a supporter, an ally, um, it looks like I can do this. I have done this before. That wasn't my best effort, but there's more in me. I don't like this. I'm not going to do it anymore, and that's perfect. Wow, this is a situation that is very difficult. I'm going to find the fortification from within and from help asking for help from others to get through this but I'm capable. It's that kind of, um, well, I'll ask you, how did those words feel hearing them? Good. They feel really good. And I think, you know, the the opposite where, you know, we can be our enemies, we can be uh, condescending, critical, judgmental. I think so often we do that. And you know what? I hear in my head a lot of the times, and I'm sure we all do, oh, come on, Allison, you could have done better. can't believe you did that again. Come on, what's your problem? <laughs> and and I thought, wow, I'm being an enemy and not a friend. And I think the difference is just having compassion for yourself. So those words that you just said, those phrases, that self-talk, that felt really good. And, you know, I want, I want to make friends with myself and start having more positive self-talk. You know, Allison, the word that you use that is really powerful, if I could take one second to go over it, it's compassion. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I never realized how little compassion I had for myself. And it's hard to um, really be compassionate and loving and generous and caring with others when you're not doing it for yourself. And I was doing it, but I would get to a certain point and it would seem like it was difficult. And I realized that I used to have this statement that I would say to myself, I have no patience for wounded people. And I grew up in, in the culture of the Marine Corps, Take the hill, you know, do it no matter what, um, no pain, no gain, fight yourself into doing it as best you can. And that conditioning set me up to really be critical of myself and really mean. I mean, I was mean to myself, and there are probably people outside when you said, yeah, we felt that you were mean to us, too. And that came from this word that you said, this lack of compassion. And it was through doing this process that I realized oh my gosh, I am my own jailer and executioner. I I just am so um, intolerant of the small me or the little girl who forgets or does it wrong and doesn't want to do it. And there's a much more loving and encouraging way to greet those situations. And that feels so good to me to just hear you say that. And for everybody listening, my challenge to you would be 
to find some room to make some positive self-talk today. Maybe even do it out loud. You know, as you're driving in the car, just say, hey, you know what? I'm a great person. I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. I can do this. Just give yourself some encouragement today and just sit with it and see how it feels. Because as you're talking, Valerie, that sure feels good to me. So thank you for sharing step number three. What's step number four? It's take up the reins and go live it. And so it basically means now that you've done this dance with your soul to uncover what wasn't serving you, you've healed it, you've released it, you've forgiven it. And you may work on that for a while. It's not a one thing or done thing. And you've made up a new story. I want to be put myself first more. I want to really go after my dreams. I want to spend some downtime in nature. I want to take a nap when I'm tired. You've created that. Now you've got to go really live it. So who are the people that need to be in your life, the people who need to go? Who are the people who are going to support you? Do you need a coach and an advocate? Do you need to see a psychologist? Do you need to go to a couple of workshops and understand more about intuitive essence and heart math? Like what do you need to keep yourself fortified, to keep loving yourself, being loved, spiraling up into more peace, love, joy, and freedom for the rest? of your days. And that action step is so important. You know, there's a lot of self-help books out there. There's a lot of webinars. There's a lot of seminars. There's a lot of information on the the internet. But what I always say to people is the difference between a good book and a life-changing book, the difference between a good seminar and a life-changing seminar, the difference between a good radio show and a life-changing radio show really is up to you. And it comes down to one thing, and that's action. If you want to change your life, then do something about it. So I agree that that is a very important final step. And for anybody listening right now, I I would encourage you to commit. What is something that you have taken away from the show today that you want to do differently? or that you want to start implementing. Pick one action step. It doesn't have to be 10. It doesn't have to be 20. Just focus on one. What's one thing you're going to change? You've just invested your time into listening uh, to Valerie, into hearing her words of wisdom. Now, what are you going to do about it so that you can better your life? And Valerie, I want to hear a little bit more about teaching at university. This is something intriguing to me. I think Things have changed a lot in the past 10 or even 20 years. But for a university to support what you're doing, not only to support it, but to promote it, to advocate for it, to say, hey, everybody needs to listen to this. Everybody needs to go to this. I think that's a huge breakthrough for the academic world because what you're talking about has to do with spirit, has to do with soul, has to do with self, has to do with the right brain emotional part of your body. And I think traditionally, a lot of universities have said, okay, we're going to stick with facts. We're going to stick with logic. We're going to stick with, you know, studies and this information. Maybe all those things are involved, but do you understand what I'm saying? And do you feel that same shift? How did you start teaching at that college? That was said beautifully, Allison. It's exactly the right juju stuff about this class. And um, I started teaching it because uh, students would come to my office hours uh, for my marketing classes, and many of them didn't ask me about marketing. They had read my bio and done a little Googling on me, and they knew that I was doing this other stuff out in the world with coaching clients and executives and um, private clients and classes and workshops. And so they would ask me questions about life. 
mm-hmm. things like my mom wants me to be an accountant, I want to be an actor, or yeah. um, I don't want to go to medical school, I really want to do business, mm-hmm. and, or I broke up with my boyfriend and I can't concentrate, or I've been on antidepressants since I was seven and I don't know what to do. I mean, you name it, it was about things that didn't have to do with the curriculum. And I went to the vice chancellor of student affairs and I said, I think I can help. I don't know exactly how, but I do this out in the world. And I feel like if there were some sort of education for these students that was around how the world works and who they are, they would have more courage and more confidence and more self-awareness and self-acceptance. And that's what I believe makes the world go round. And so he said fantastic, Um, and I'm not an academician, so I didn't even know the language. He said, what you're talking about is called co-curricular education. It's non-cognitive skills that supports the students to be more holistic and well-rounded, and we we love that stuff. We do it through student affairs. Write me a proposal, and we'll see what we can do. And that was January 15th of 2015, and by March, I was in the classroom teaching my first class, my first cohort for living 101 being happy and whole Mm -hmm. and it was 12 students and we were in a conference room and it was fantastic wow well and that's an example right there of taking action of saying hey i've got this idea i'm noticing this need let's do something about it and really getting the university behind you to support you so and you're doing that at ucla is that right University of California, Irvine. Oh, University of UCI. California, UCI, UCLA, UCI, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry for any Bruins fans out there. I got to mix up. Um, but yes, University of California, Irvine. Well, that's, that's remarkable, Valerie. Thank you for being here today and for sharing your story with us. To end, I would like for you to share one more time how people can get a hold of you and then a final message you want to leave with our listeners today. Yes. So I uh, typed in on the Facebook Live the website address. So it's happytobeme.net. And there's a contact me page there. You can reach me through that. The book is there. I have a 25% discount. It also lists something special coming up on January 25th, so that's this week, mm-hmm. a master class. And I do one master class a month, mm-hmm. and this month it's on the 25th, and that's for people who want to go deeper into what we've been talking about. Great. And, and would- what's your final message you want to leave to people? So you mentioned, like, take one action step. I will tell you this is one of the most powerful high vibration energies that you can put yourself in, and that's gratitude. And so no matter what, I mean, it's really easy to be grateful when things are going your way. That's great. Keep doing that. But inside every situation, finding a way to be grateful for some aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So in the stroke, for me, I was grateful that I was alive. I survived it. 40% of people who have brain hemorrhages um, die. So I was happy to be in the 60%. And ever since then, like, and all along, finding something. If you don't have money, what are you grateful for that you do have? you don't have a lover, what are you grateful for in the men or the women that you do have as friends or dates? Don't focus on why they're not the one. Focus on and blow up all the ways they actually do have qualities that you like while you move on and look for someone who has even more of the qualities you like. So gratitude is the number one practice 
for Living Happy TBD. Oh, great, great job, Valerie. Great final message. I've got people on Facebook saying, wow, that's fantastic. Hey, Dee, uh, really good message today. Thank you for joining us. And tune in next week when we'll have another guest willing to share their message of how they've transformed their lives and are now working to transform the world. This is Allison H. Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.